0: The county ground, home of Swindon Town Football Club. And if you're anything like me, firstly, please accept my sympathies. However, those four stands, puddled, filled car park, fenced off cricket club, carpet of a pitch and those floodlights, all those floodlights, constitute our place of worship, our fellow fans, the congregation. And those lucky enough to set foot on that carpet of a pitch are the gods we come to pray to and that badge, our book of faith. Well, on Sunday... Swindon Town Football Club are throwing those doors open to the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge and one of the club's most prominent disciples of recent time, two-time league-winning captain, Paul Caddis. Well, Paul and his beautiful family, sadly, had their lives turned upside down in 2022 when their 10-year-old daughter, Summer, fell critically ill before eventually being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes on Sunday two-star studied Swindon Town 11s will battle it out over 90 minutes to raise funds to fight this gruesome and much misunderstood illness and Paul wants you the listeners by his side and not just in the stands he's taking you with him into the changing rooms onto the pitch and those iconic dugouts yep tonight six lucky town fans from a sea of fine Wiltshire folk who answered the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge's call earlier this week shall discover whether they have won the opportunity to create memories of a lifetime out on that pitch, whilst another two will do the same as they direct team affairs from the dugout. Well, joining me tonight as we reveal the winners are, for one last Wednesday night by my side, my perennial co hosts Joe Vincent. Joe, hello.
1: Good evening, Hannahs. Good evening, everyone. Um, really looking forward to Sunday. It's such a great cause. It's been an amazing event. I'm just bloody annoyed that I'm not on that pitch with you lot, because... There'll be six fans out there, and oh, I'll tell you what—I'll be watching on with anguish and and, and
0: envy. <laughs> and someone else, no doubt, will be as well. And that's Ellis. How are you, Ellis?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm the same as Joe. To be fair, we're we're planning on staging a a pitch invasion by myself and Joe <laughs> just
1: to get on that pitch.
0: Listen to this, boys. It's the smallest violin in the world.
1: Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's twelve aside, isn't it?
0: Uh, well, let's not go down that road because, you two, last but certainly not least, the legend I mentioned him earlier. He's a red and he hates Oxford. He is, of course, your captain, newly appointed manager of Hereford Football Club. And once Mike Flynn has finally delivered the Champions League to SM1, capping, capping off the Welshman's glittering town career, the future manager of Swindon Town Football Club it is, of course, Paul Cadis.
3: How are we doing? How are we?
0: Very well, Skip. How are you?
3: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've obviously got Summer beside me here as well. So
0: I was about to say, Paul, because you're not alone, are you? I said last but certainly not least, but we got a little surprise for the listeners. Would you like to introduce your mystery guest?
3: So this is my daughter, Summer. Say hello.
2: Hi.
0: Hello, Summer. What an absolute treat to speak with you, little lady. How are you? Good. Oh, bless you. So, Summer, are you very, very excited for the weekend? Yeah. Are you going to come down with your dad too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Summer, we've got a big, big, big favour to ask you. On Sunday, do you think you might be big and brave enough to to take the teams out onto the pitch for us at the start of the game? Yeah.
3: Yeah? It says up my big smile on her face. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Well, what do you reckon, Joe? What do you reckon, Ellis? I think um, Summer's already passed the bravery test. I think we could have a little Summer lead the teams out, don't you? I think uh, it's only but... right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, if you don't mind, because obviously are you we've already had you at the county ground on a couple of occasions. and You've got sort of Summer by your side now. We were just wondering whether yourself and Summer might like to sort of tell us the story of 2012. Um, in as much detail as you feel appropriate but um to obviously just bring this whole sort of circumstance to light because whilst it's wonderful that you know we've we've got all your you and all your old friends back on the pitch on um on sunday for the delight of all the fans there's a, a really really worthwhile fundraiser isn't there and it's obviously very very close to both your hearts for obvious reasons
3: yeah of course listen friday the 14th of october it was 2022 uh i was just going about my business as normal I was coaching at Fleetwood at the time and and just as the day transpired as the day developed listen, a week 10 days two weeks prior to this someone had showed symptoms at the time that we we didn't know were connected to diabetes she just the best way of describing it was she just had lost her personality she was really tired she was coming out every day from school just looked really down we were worried that at that time they were revising for what she's going through right now, her SATs and her exams. Uh so we just thought it was down to that and she was just getting a bit worked up with with, with the pressures of that, that that obviously young kids put on their shoulders. But uh, so we took summer, went to the the, the doctors and the in hindsight hindsight now, the, the diabetic team have said the the doctor there and then should have just gave Summer a, a blood sample. Should have just a simple finger prick test would have diagnosed it. But that was like the the Tuesday, uh prior to the f- being uh, admitted in on the Friday. So went back on the Friday and, and that's when they done done the, the blood sugar. And a normal blood sugar should lie between four and seven, but Summers was away up over twenty five. Wow. And when that happens you end up with it's called ke- your ketone levels. So it's they're normally sitting between zero, and your body can deal with between zero and 0.6, but Summers was well over 10.0, so it was like, it was mad, and and she went into something called uh, diabetic ketoacidosis, so what that is, basically, as I described here, both levels are really high, but the ketones then turn to acid, so it then attacks, starts attacking the blood, so there's there's acid in your blood, it'll then attack all the the vital organs in your body, and eventually shut you down, Mm. so, It was very seriously, very, very serious, very quick. Listen, Summers, like an amazing little girl, like she's been so brave and stuff like that. That she probably didn't actually. In fact, she's sitting here beside me. It's probably the first time she's actually heard her dad openly speak about it. Like she wouldn't have realised how dangerous a situation she genuinely was in. But listen, it was, it was a horrible couple of days. She went into the hospital straight away, just hooked up to all the monitors. She must have had what, of about 75 finger pricks within the first night. Her no. fingers were killing her. Just, but just she just lay there and just took it and, and it was tough for, for me and, and obviously as parents to see your daughter there and being so helpless. Like I've got a younger daughter as well, Myla, who's wanting to ask all the questions. What's wrong with Summer? Why is this happening? Why are they doing that to her? And, and it's so tough because we didn't have the answers and that's the hardest thing to see when you see your daughter lying in a bed hooked up to machines and you think what the hell is going on here Yeah. but to be fair to the hospital like the so they managed to get her, her blood it took 2-3 days where she was she was on 24 hour care so she was like she was in intensive care really and, and, and the children's ward she was constantly getting monitored managed to get the blood down uh, within 2-3 days and then obviously the, the news after that was listen. she's she, she'd been diagnosed with with diabetes, uh, I'll just, fact, I'll, I'll actually get some of speaking. How did you feel like when, did you know anything about it or? No. You didn't, did you? And how did you feel, like, what was the symptoms like when, when you went to the hospital? Do you remember? I was
2: really tired. Really, I was really, really thirsty.
3: Really tired. So the, so the, the symptoms are, as Summer said, tired, thirsty, Do you know what else? Remember what else? Thin, so you lose a bit of weight. Toilet. Mm-hmm. Obviously you go going the toilet a lot yeah you kept kept going to the toilet during the night and stuff like that and and we listen she's at an age and and i'm sure people are listening we've got kids she's she's 10 year old so she'll go and get a drink when she wants she'll go to the toilet when she wants we don't know like how often she's drinking or how often she's going to the toilet Mm. because it's tough for us to or the like count how many like it's just you just don't do it you just don't count how many times your kids go to the toilet but obviously it was evident she was drinking a lot, socially. before she was she was going to the toilet a lot. She was waking up during the night. We didn't notice until we looked back on photos that she did lose weight. She definitely lost weight. She she didn't look good at all and and, and I'm not scared to say that. I and mean, I know it's not great for someone listening to that, but that's the, the harsh reality of it. Uh but just dealing with it onwards was was, was difficult to start with. It was it was a completely life changing experience for us we had to deal with counting, learn how to count carbs uh, different insulin ratios so right now at the moment she's one to so every 15 carbs she gets one unit of insulin but that changes like so for instance this week it's been a bit of a stressful week for her her levels have been up because of the stress related to the exams it can be simply like if she goes to bed tonight at 10 o'clock but previous night she's went to bed at 9 o'clock that's the smallest little things can change her day, so like, in fact, I'll even let Summer explain, so symptoms of a high Summer, when, when you're really high, how do you know, How do you, what do you feel, when you're really high, well I can actually, it's probably better for us, because when she's really high, she she's such a placid, calm, calm girl, but when she's got high blood pressure, we know straight away, because she's quite irritable, she's quite frustrating, she gets annoyed really quickly, she'll answer us back, and that isn't Summer, like that Generally, isn't her, uh, so then we, we, we're we learning as we go as well, and we know to say, yep, yeah, she's high because she's answering back, because that isn't her, mm. that's not her personality. And so she notices symptoms of a low more than, more, well, feels that more than anything. What What's the symptoms of a low? What do you feel? Can I
2: kind of like a bit like, don't like dizzy in a way, but like, yeah. I feel. I don't...
3: No, that's all right. So you feel dizzy. What, mm. what other symptoms sometimes you feel? Like right, really warm, really warm, really sweaty, really hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Summer. What's what's
0: the hardest thing, Summer, since since you found out you had diabetes? What's the thing you find the hardest?
3: Mm. Probably the food, innit? it? Did mm. you say the food, like the like having to count and like mm-hmm. for instance, she's, And listen, one. I'm not criticizing here one bit, but she, at times she will. Deliberately take extra insulin because she then almost holds it against us as parents to go. Oh, but but I did take an extra half a unit so that I could have this. If you know what I mean, like so I can have yeah, an extra yeah. cracker or an extra biscuit. So yeah, then we yeah. have to then do it. So like so, summer when you're really high, what what do you do to treat a high? Have more insulin or
2: drink or like be active. Maybe. Yeah, so
3: it's really high. So to treat a real uh, to treat high blood sugars, which is for summers anything over twelve at the moment is anything over 12 it should be so get loads of fluids into uh, or exercise but if it gets to over 15 it will normally be an injection of insulin so oh. for summer right now it's every one unit will bring her down an average of 4.6 blood uh, sugar levels and as a low summer so if you're really low what's your treatment for that
2: apple juice or like sweets
3: so mm. apple juice or jellies and do you remember what the number you need to get to
2: 5.6
3: right and what is a low what number is that below
2: under 4
3: so there you go she's really educated on it she's absolutely <laughs> first class on it. so so anything under 4 is a low so she then she has to treat that immediately and sometimes an apple ju- well an apple juice or je- four or five little like haribo jellies stuff like that so once she gets to the, the, do you remember the number you have to try and hit
2: 5.6 so
3: she has to try and hit so 15 minutes later she'll test again and uh, she has to get to 5.6. <clears throat> if she's lying around about 5, 5.2, 5. 5.3, 5. she'll then take a... What do you take after that? Like a digestive biscuit. Like a digestive biscuit. Why do you take a digestive biscuit? Uh,
2: because it's not went up fully yet.
3: Yeah, it's a sl- So she'll then take a chocolate digestive biscuit because it's a slow-burning sugar. So that will bring you up, but not instantly. And you don't, when you're five points, uh, say for instance, 5.2, you don't want to take another apple juice because that will shoot you really high. Whereas you want to take something that will slowly burn sugar into your system. So she'll go 5.2, 5.6, 6, 6, 8, like go up slowly rather than go shooting up. And then obviously you're active with that and that will help you bring you down as well. But listen, she's been a breath of fresh air I'll be honest how she's dealt with it has been been something for us as parents to be like really 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 proud of her it's it's really tough the first first couple of months in fact it happens at least four or five times a week sometimes double figures where she's really like last night for instance she was up at 17 uh, 17.5 and it was about one o'clock in the morning and she's got to the stage where I'll go and inject so you just put a little injection at the side of her leg where she doesn't even move now. She was sleeping and I said to her this morning, do you know I injected you last night? So it's just trying to help her where I can I'm now comfortable where we're now comfortable where I can inject her and I don't interrupt her sleep. Whereas so that's us learning as well and educating ourselves. Whereas beforehand, if I had to inject her I would I wouldn't feel comfortable, I'd have to wake up and say, Listen, we're gonna inject you and all the rest of it. So that's okay.
0: Paul, oh, I have got to say like obviously we we've been kind of um I'm trying to think the right phraseology for this really you you've allowed us to kind of be part of this journey with you for the last sort of you know best part of, i guess sort of sit, or sit getting on for 12 months i guess but the 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 thing that the thing that amazes me here in Talk now is like you, you, your your explanation of how you guys have got a command of this situation. I remember you telling me that obviously when all this first kicked off, that I remember you saying like, "Hannahs, it's like so much to take on," and obviously yeah. because this is this is summer's life. You know, this isn't yeah. like you can't play games with this. You know, no. and as a, as a parent myself, I just remember just feeling internally like just this gut wrenching twist that. Yeah, I really, I mean, really, really empathize, but at the same time, very, very difficult for me to try and envisage because it's literally like turning life on its head. But I've got a question for you, Summer. What's your favorite Harry Bow jelly? The purple ones.
3: The purple, the purple
2: ones.
3: ones? What's that? Like Not the black the, ones? No. Not the cherry she ones. She likes, she likes, so she actually, she likes the red and purple fruit gums, that's that's her treatment. Or uh, yeah. there's like new love heart jelly things that, that's she likes that but obviously with the apple juice as well. Like just going back on that as well, Hannah's just waking up when she's got a low is more difficult for her because we'll have to physically wake her up and yeah. sometimes at two, three o'clock in the morning we'll have to force an apple juice into her. It's it's tough but she's she's she doesn't complain. She just cracks it on.
0: So I got a big question for you, Summer. Um do you think that you're as proud of your mum and your dad as all the Swindon Town fans are?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Just forced to say that.
0: I, th- I think we might just about agree with you on that front, because I know your—I know your dad spends a lot of time sort of keeping you company in the night, doesn't he, when you need your injections?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So how? But how do you feel today, summer? Have you had a good day?
3: Yeah. Yeah, We had what exam did you have today? Reading. Reading, I see that Ooh. through gritted
0: teeth. <laughs> and what were you reading, Summer?
3: It was more like what so it was just a an exam. What was the what was oh, the context on yeah? Yeah, oh, it was like exam cool. reading and stuff like that and answer questions and that on it, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing. Well look, Summer, do you promise then on Sunday, do you promise you'll come out on the pitch and you give all the Swindon fans a big wave? Mm-hmm because I think there's lots of people that want to wave back to you and give you a big clap. And if you're really, really lucky, they might even start singing about you and your dad. What do you think? Mm-hmm. All <laughs> right. Then. And uh, keep an eye out for me summer. Cause I'm the one that's got no hair and a big belly. <laughs> <laughs> so make, make sure you come over and give me a high five. Is that a deal?
3: Yeah. Is that a deal? All
0: right. Yeah. Probably. Well, listen, um, Summer, we know that you've got to think about getting off to bed soon, and your dad has got a very important job tonight, because we've got some very very lucky people. Eight very very lucky people are about to have their life changed by your dad. He's about to give them an opportunity to get some memories for a lifetime. Do you think we should get on with that, Summer? What do you think? Yeah. Alright then. Are you happy mm-hmm. with that? Shall we crack on?
3: hmm Yeah, let's go then. Let's crack All on. Alright
0: then. Right, so Paul, you've, you've got the list of winning entries. So who do you want to go with first? Do you want to go managers first? Because we've got your two teams. We're going to have three fans in one team, three fans and another, and obviously the two managers. Your choice, dealer's choice, Skip. Do you want to go managers first or do you want to name the players first?
3: We'll go players first and then we can, we can announce them, the, the managers that are going to look after those players.
0: Okay, that works for me. Well, after you then, Skip, who is your first player pick?
3: First player is Steph Quince.
0: Wow, Steph Quince, congratulations. What a life-changing opportunity the Skipper has just given you. Um, Joe or Ellis, do you want to give us some context behind why Steph Quince has been picked to play on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I can go for it, Ellis. Um, I'll start this one. So um, let me just find the tweet. So Steph, uh, her tweet was about her mum. So her mum's a type 1 diabetic. Uh, so Steph personally knows the seriousness and misconceptions of the of diabetes. Uh, She's been playing football since she was six years old. She's recently started playing again. So, I mean, getting back into the game, there's not much sort of a better stage to be applying your trade and getting back into it than the county ground pitch on Sunday.
0: Amazing. Amazing stuff. Well, a, a, a brilliant way for us to start. And congratulations, Steph. If you are listening in, please feel free to send us a speaker request if you want to come on and um and say hello to the skipper and say hello to Summer um ahead of meeting them on Sunday. But um Skip, who is your next pick?
3: Yep, so next one Summer's going to announce for is who is it, Summer?
0: Kieran Bost.
3: Kieran Bost.
0: Kieran Bost. Outstanding. Ellis, Joe, do your duty.
2: Yeah, I've got his tweet here. Um I've only ever scored a penalty against Rockin' Robin, so to score one against Phil Smith will complete my dreams of scoring at the county ground ever since I was a kid, watching them from 96 onwards. I'm 34 and not getting any younger, and the time is right to unleash a 30-yard mark, Walters. (laughs) Um, So,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Summer, you've just made someone's life there by uh, by nominating Kieran as the next winner. So, congratulations, Kieran. Same rules for you, mate. If you're listening in, hit that speaker request if you want to come on and say hello to Summer and say hello to Paul head of Sunday. Um, and whilst we're waiting for uh, you to do that, we'll announce our third winner, Skip. Who have you got in your pick?
3: Yep. So, number three is Pierce W36.
0: Pierce W thirty six, congratulations, Pierce W thirty six. Joe Ellis, stage is yours.
1: Yeah, this is me. This one. Um, I actually remember Pierce from the the Tom Broadbent Lounge um, tournament last summer. And if I I remember correctly, I think he's quite a good player. So, Paul, you better hope he's on your team. But um, (laughs) so his tweet was short and sweet. But I've been a fan and introduced to Swindon since I was a baby. Absolutely love the club, and I'd relish the idea of playing with my idols at the county ground.
0: Well, Pierce, don't relish it, do it. Congratulations, Pierce. And how about that? Not only will you be playing alongside your idols, you've been given the opportunity by a two time league winning club legend in Paul Caddis, who's about to give us his fourth pick. Who are you? probably oh,
3: So, number four is
2: Dan Jackson.
3: So. so
0: Jackson, congratulations. Dan, stage is yours, Ellis.
2: Dan Jackson says, big town fan, specialist nurse in... uh, Sorry, I'm going to apologise. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) And previous diabetes specialist nurse at the Great Western Hospital. So I understand the huge battle those with diabetes face. It would be great to represent the Great Western Hospital NHS at this game even in my football, even if my footballing skills are questionable,
0: absolutely over the moon for you, Dan. A very, very, very worthy winner, as I am sure the skipper will tell you. Yes. Um, and who have we got next, Skip? Well, num-
3: number five is Pips Daniels.
0: Pips Daniels, congratulations, Pips. Joe, the stage is yours.
1: Yeah. So Pips' tweet: um, I'd love a chance. Gave up football for running, ca- ca- running for carers and NHS charities, and to spend time with my babies. have only missed one home game in the last 24 years due to the birth of my daughter. Um, won 4-0 against Barnet that day. I'd love to use my left foot again. So, Pips, again, you know, going the extra mile, running, putting yourself through hell for charities, and, you know, you might not have to run a mile
0: on Sunday, but, yeah, you've got a chance <laughs> to live a dream. So, well done, Pips. Outstanding, Pip Daniels. Congratulations. And again, um, I know the skipper is over the moon with that as a selection. Um, Skip, your final pick for the playing places. Although, not quite true, as we'll explain straight after. But shoot, Skip.
3: Yep, so number six of six as Dino.
2: Yeah, Mr. Dean McMacken. uh, Oh,
0: Dean McMacken's only gone and got himself a place, has he?
2: (laughs) He has indeed. His, uh, His little statement. I just fancy a game. I think Charlie Austin will enjoy my superb array of passing and the fans would like to see a cameo from Fat Leticia.
0: So I think as a little bit of added context, um, it's been a hell of a year um, for Dean McMackin and his contribution to the Swindon town and Swindon community. most, Most importantly, the Swindon homeless community this year, where Dean's worked tirelessly and at no point, has um, done this for any kind of self-benefit or pat on the back. He's got to be one of the most selfless people I think I've ever met in my life. Um, And we think it's only right that having entered the competition, Dean's given an opportunity to um, go out and receive a little bit of warmth from the Swindon Town supporters um, on the night. So congratulations, Dean. Wow, Skip, that is quite a lineup, but you've got another couple to pick because now you've got to pick the two, two managers that are going to be looking after these guys and their heroes on the night as well. So who's your first managerial pick, Skip? Your
3: first managerial pick is...
2: Dan Cole.
3: Dan
0: Cole. Congratulations, Dan Cole. Um, Joe, tell us all about Dan.
1: So the first of Dan, um, he has promised that he, he won't be in the worst state possible. Uh, he says... I can fit into Razor Ruddock's old shorts and probably a late kickoff will mean that I, in speech marks, probably won't be sick with a hangover. So, Dan, this way, you shouldn't be sick with a hangover. If it is, it's from nerves of managing at the county ground. But, um, yeah, hopefully your, your head's in the right
0: place to be a tactical genius on Sunday. Hey, It's it's a Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge kind of pick that, Dan. But congratulations. And obviously, from a, now being picked by a fellow... Uh, football club manager as well, newly appointed Hereford football club manager, Swindon Town legend Paul Caddis. But we've got one last pick to go. So the the big drum roll, Skip. Who is the second manager? Yep,
3: yeah, last but by all means not least is Sean King. A
0: hey, congratulations, Sean King. Ellis, tell us all about Sean.
2: Yeah, so Sean is very very confident in his managerial um, ability. He said in his tweet, and I quote, me, told Richie Wellens we should try short corners. Next game we did. Told Garner we should shoot from outside the box more. Same day, had loads of shots from outside the box. People listened
0: to me. (laughs) People listened to me. Well, you (laughs) tweeted, Sean, and we listened. And more importantly, Paul Caddis listened. And you're going to be managing one of Paul's two teams. Now, it doesn't quite end there. Because, Swindon Town fans, and I say this in the broadest possible sense, I have a challenge for every single one of you. If you turn up on Sunday and you're wearing a replica kit and you have got your football boots with you, we are going to pick one lucky golden ticket winner who will be drawn out of the stand by... Paul Caddis and given the opportunity to come out on the pitch and play. And that can be any of you, but you've just got to have the bare face cheek to pull on a Swindon town kit, be that this year's retro. It doesn't matter, but ideally you need a red shirt or a white shirt. But if you've only got the one, then just bring the one. We won't mind. We'll try and sort something out on the night, but you've got to come and, in the full kit experience and you've got to have your boots with you. And when the time's right and you'll know what it is, the skipper give you a cue and we're going to see people stand up in their gear and the skipper's going to go up into the stands and pick one of you and lead you down on and out onto the grass. So, it's up to you guys. There's one more golden opportunity now. I'm literally I've been lucky enough to play on the county ground pitch, and as somebody that's spent many decades looking down on it, it's quite the experience to be in the middle of that pitch, looking back out of the stands. Let alone playing alongside your heroes. I mean, skip give give them an idea of, of you know of, of you know what it's going to feel like for them when they're on that pitch. It's going to be pretty special, right, for the for these eight people.
3: Yeah, well, listen, it's it's completely different to what it is in the stands. Listen, you get on the pitch and obviously the dimensions and stuff like that are completely different, but I obviously i am very biased towards it. I had an unbelievable two spells there, so for me there's no better feeling than, than being on the pitch, and, and that also helps that I had obviously the support of you guys in, in the stands, so listen, it's a brilliant feeling to, to be playing on a, on a professional football pitch in front of hopefully a half-decent turnout, note and, and listen, it's just an enjoyable, enjoyable moment.
0: Well, we're not going to give away too much in terms of the squads just yet, are oh, we skip? But, suffice to say, you and I were going through the names today, and we've got two squads of, um, well, we've got 40 players, basically, haven't we, Skip? 40-odd yeah. players, and counting, I might add, some of whom, have, you know, essentially are only really in a position to make a cameo, um, because 1993 was a long time ago, let me tell you. But, I mean, let's just say this, Skip. We've got players from the Lou Macari era. We've got players from the Glenn Hoddle, Ozzy Ardiles era, the Steve McMahon era, the Richie Wellens era, the Paolo Di Canio era. We've even got a certain Charlie Austin, who's going to be playing out on the pitch as well. So we have got present heroes right the way through to the start of the golden era of Swindon Town, supporting proper heroes and icons are going to be out on that pitch. I'm so I'm so stoked! It has been an absolute joy working alongside you, Paul. Kind of getting this event up and running, and and I know you're very very grateful to um, to Rob Angus and the guys at Swindon Town as
3: well. For yeah, yeah. It listen, up. it's been it's been a, it's been very good. Like the the group that we've got is as you say has went as far back from a long long time ago right up to the current playing squad and Charlie Austin. Austin. Obviously, there's gonna be people from the two thousand and twelve team. There's gonna be without getting into details and names and stuff like that at the moment, there's obviously past players that you guys will know a lot more than what I do. Uh so there's there's some something and someone and for for everyone, really, at all ages, there's a but it's something that that, that we've obviously done a lot of work on. I have slightly been sidetracked to be honest with obviously my, my progress the last couple of weeks, but it's something that I'm really looking forward to. The plans have been ongoing for for a long time, and just to touch on that last bit, obviously Rob Angus and and the and the guys at the club have been have been first class. So huge thanks to them as well in, in, in helping out. And obviously Marcus, listen, Marcus probably doesn't get the recognition and the the credit that he deserves. So thanks to him as well for for obviously looking after after things on on site and, and on terms of the pitch availability and stuff like that. So yeah, really looking forward to it. I know. My good mate that everybody absolutely loves, and rightly so, because he's an absolute character, is is buzzing for it to the f- to the point that tonight he couldn't come on because, in his words, he's already about six, seven pints deep in <laughs> Simon Ferry. So he's obviously delighted. Listen, just to give you a bit of context on site everybody knows him, but the game's Sunday night at seven o'clock. Cy si Ferry has booked a flight for Friday and won't return till Tuesday, so that sums him up.
0: And, and indeed, Paul, he's not the only one, is he? We've got players from the Premier League era that are getting on planes as well and flying in specifically for this. So if there yeah. is one thing that I would say to Swindon Town fans that are listening in, I'm under no illusions. We've not got you know the thousands that were there at the ground on, on Saturday listening in tonight. But please do spread the word. The effort that these guys are making um, to come and play is immense. Obviously, current players are going to be you know turning out you know with their own very obvious risks there are people that are going to be out on that pitch that have still got contracts and and things like this but they're doing this because they you know they want to support a brilliant a brilliant charity um but they also um you know want to come out and 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 show you guys a bit of love as well in the stands so i mean it's it's going to be a really really terrific um a terrific event and like i said there is one golden ticket winner still outstanding that we're going to be picking on the night. So, Hammers, yeah, anyone that comes yeah. in, anyone comes to the ground in their pants or with a Paul
1: Caddis number seven shirt, do they get a double chance of uh, getting the lucky seventh shirt?
0: Well, I'm not being funny, Paul. I mean, I think we should put that to you, really. I think if anyone walks out in a pair of blue sloggies and only a pair of blue sloggies, that we should probably give them an opportunity, shouldn't we?
3: Well, put it this way I think that the most <laughs> comical picture in, in probably Swindon's history in terms of Comedians side the things is Cy Ferry in his pants. So surely, if somebody turns up with their pants on, they should get a time Simon Ferry talk.
0: I think I know,
1: I know a... what I'm wearing now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ellis, you've
0: got the body to do it, mate. To be fair, <laughs> I I couldn't possibly do that. I'd terrify the crowd. Um, it would be completely inappropriate of me. But um, and Paul, listen, we've had a we've had a couple of tweets that I just want to read out to you. Um, uh, whilst this has been going on, um. So, uh, John Saunders, Paul said to say that you were so good this week on Under the Cosh. Um, That sounded like an enjoyable experience. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. I've I caught the highlights with you talking about sausages and getting caught out by the Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I never—I'll be honest. I never listen to anything like that back. I just I'm happy to do it all, but I, I don't like the sound of my own voice, to be honest. Uh, but no, that's something they had asked me to do probably about eighteen months ago. But I, it was just getting round to doing it, but. I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of positive things so so that's decent. But yeah, listen, those things are those things are good. I think it's it's good for supporters to hear what actually happens on listen, there's stories there that I could have never ever told, obviously, when I was at Swindon, do you know what I mean? So it's nice just to open up a little bit and, and speak freely without knowing that like you've got the canoe that'll want to kill you in the Monday morning.
1: <laughs> I, I think my favourite ever story that Paul's ever said was the um I think you were on size podcast and you were talking about the whole like Leon Clark, Etienne yeah. uh, to Takaneo story. Mate, I, I watched that now and again just like, I roll it back and just watch it again. Yeah, That's yeah.
3: The that, class. that was, that was honestly, that was mental. That's the best way to describe it, mental. It was the, the most mental thing about it was Etienne done absolutely nothing wrong. It was just Leon Clark's mate and that was his downfall. So, <laughs> we never seen Etienne after that because it Canio fell out with Leon Clark. It was it was mad, but I, I touched on it in that podcast I think when uh when was coming after the game and he's gone mad and he's chased the uh, Leon down the tunnel and Leon's run through the Southampton fans onto the pitch. He came in going absolutely mental <laughs> and then he's shouting three hundred thousand pounds we pay him. We <laughs> were all nudging each other, going, Jesus Christ, he's on six grand a week
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's also I think I think Matt Ritchie was on the same podcast like a few weeks later. Yeah. And he was talking about the pre-season tour in Italy. Oh, and
3: it's like, God.
1: you know, you go on a night out and then suddenly like six Italian guys get out of a car yeah. oh, and they're mental. like, oh, come with us.
3: Yeah, so we got, we, we're seeing a night out. We probably got about three hours out Uh and we all just thought it was going to be us. But then before you know it, there was guys with big Verona tattoos across their forehead and and they were like, oh, we'll look after you tonight. And it was actually, me, believe it or not, me and Sai so one of them had came and said to me and Silas, listen, come on, we'll take you somewhere different. It's really good. And Si being size, like, let's go cads, This will be class. And I'm obviously a bit more streetwise to And I'm like, hmm, this probably won't be a good idea because it's probably not going to be anything. First of all, it probably won't be legit where they're taking us. And secondly, I don't know if it's the right thing to do in the middle of our country. In the middle of nowhere, we don't know where we are. But yeah, that was that was bonkers. Like, turned up pre-season and... and there was all those fascist handshakes and it was it was just mental like and then the cano I remember the cano coming in about must have been about one o'clock in the morning coming into the club and, and it was like everyone just everyone just opened up and just opened the floor up to the cano and walked through like this big saint and this big king and oh it was just bizarre but yeah, listen it's, we're still here to tell the tale
2: I must say boy, I listened into the podcast last night on the way to the um swindon westbury game and it it was class if if anyone here hasn't listened to it then definitely go and listen to it and also the the soy fairy one as well that that uh he'd done with under the cosh as well that again if you're if you're a swindon fan the the stories that that are told on on both podcasts uh, are wonderful yeah.
0: yeah. Simon is an ace raconteur. But Paul, you don't scrub up too bad in those stakes either, let me tell you. Um perfect, an absolute natural. Yeah, Paul, we we've also had um we've had a tweet from Rocky Robin, Paul. So um I'm not sure. I'm sure Summer's probably scuttled off the bed now. No, but- she's
3: sitting right beside me, she's desperate to hear this tweet to Rocky oh, Robin.
0: <laughs> well, Summer, get this. Rocky Robin wants to know whether or not you'll hold his wing. And, and go out on the pitch with him before the match on Sunday. Do you reckon you could do that?
3: You yeah. could. She could hold one wing and her sister could hold the other.
0: Oh, perfect. How about that? Right, Rocky Robin's going to be absolutely over the moon. And that's just as good as well, because one of your managers has tweeted, Paul. Sean King has tweeted to say, thanks for picking me for the game. I've got a surprise assistant for the game. And yeah, it's Rocky Robin. So Rocky Robin's actually going to be Sean's assistant in the game. That's going to be... Uh,
3: there we go.
1: Um, Hammers, when you said there, uh, one of your managers has tweeted. Genuinely, I was like, "Oh no,
0: Dicani has got a
3: burner account." I know, yeah. I thought that as well. <laughs>
0: got a burner account. My so bird, then man. we've got um, Aria chasing Lamely has tweeted as well to say, "Prem players flying in. Are we expecting a special delivery from Norway?" Well, look, Aria, we're not going to make any promises, but I think it's fair to say, Paul, we're going to we're definitely going to have a fjort off on the team sheet, aren't we?
3: Yeah, yeah, there'll definitely be one. One <laughs> not two, I don't know. <laughs> Um, What's a space? up and yeah, you'll see.
0: Space. Mal- Malcolm Davis has also tweeted, Malcolm, good evening. Now, Malcolm was one of our entrants. Um, and he said he will certainly be there in his full retro kit. He can't wait for a great night for a wonderful course. Thank you for that, Malcolm. And Malcolm also says, congratulations to you all. You are all worthy winners. And another one of your winners has just tweeted as well, Paul. Dan's tweeted to say, thank you so much for the squad pick. I'm absolutely delighted, and I can't think of a better cause. Cheers, Summer. See you on Sunday. And that's with big love from Dan. So that's absolutely tremendous. And I just wanted to add a little bit of context with this direct message I've just received from MST, who's a regular contributor. I met him at the ground a few weeks back, a really, really lovely chat. Met him with his son. And he said, Summer, to to deal with diabetes at 55 years of age is bad enough when you work behind a desk. He can't imagine what it's like for an active little girl like you. And he says, you're very, very brave. So that's from MST who always tweets in. So um, well done. Summer. We're so very proud of you. And we're really, really proud to know you. And I can't wait to meet you on Sunday. Um, and I know that I, I, I say that on behalf of Joe and on behalf of Ellis and all the Swindon fans that are going to be there cheering you as you come on the pitch on Sunday. We really, really look forward to seeing you. Yeah.
3: Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's yeah. looking forward to it. She is. She's just obviously getting a bit shy. She's going to go to bed now, isn't you? Yes, I, she are. <laughs> yeah, she's going to get some get some bed. She's got obviously what exam you got tomorrow? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah, she have got an exam tomorrow anyway. So bedtime. So. All right, then, Paul.
0: Thanks well, we've got go. one more task for you. Could you just quickly. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm all right to hang about, yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, to super. Hang
0: well, Paul, yeah. could, you, could you rattle through, just in case the got like, could you rattle through your six player picks and your two managers again for the avoidance of doubt?
3: Yeah, so the six player picks are Steph Quince, Kieran Bost, Pierce W36, Dan Jackson, Pips Daniels, and Dino. And the two managers are Dan Cole. Sean King, who's assisted by the Rock and Robin.
0: Outstanding! Congratulations to you all. We are absolutely buzzing. Can't wait to see all of you guys on Sunday. So, all of you, if you've been picked and you're listening in tonight, you're going to probably have a head full of questions. Um, don't worry too much. We will be in touch with your joining instructions, and you will receive those ahead of the game on Sunday. Um, what we'll probably do is send those into your inbox, or if you can, if you can all. Direct message your contact details to the Sutton Broadbent Lounge. Um, we'll get your WhatsApp or we'll get your text message out um, with your joining instructions attached to it. But to all other Swindon Town fans that entered, thank you so much. We had so many entries. We're so chuffed to receive them all, and we just want to let you guys know that you've all still got a brilliant, brilliant choice. And as you see from the from the lineup that we picked, it was really, really difficult. We're splitting hairs. Um, so many great entries so commiserations if you didn't get picked but you still got a choice and MST has just said how retro can you go will Marcus Mind clog <laughs> clog hopper boots on his turf well uh, listen I don't think we should be going all the way back to the Jimmy Greaves era but um, I'm sure um, Sean and his original Predators are probably about the cut off limit Paul would you say
3: yeah I'd say so yeah listen I think the pitch <laughs> might be getting digged up afterwards so where what you want
0: yeah, where were you, well, where were you were. Well, bring your bring your greasy bring your greasy clogs, MST. We don't mind. Um so listen, Paul, I had a question for you. Given that you're um you're happy to linger around a little bit. Obviously last time we saw you, um, we had you parading around out on the pitch with both the trophies. Um you seemed to enjoy it that day. What what did that mean to you getting out on that pitch with that silverware? Because obviously one of them in particular um, it was the first time you had a chance to raise that to the crowd right and um, I did notice a little cheeky tear in your eye as humble a man and as, uh, as uh, broad shouldered a man as you are that was quite a day for you
3: yeah it was nice listen it was obviously the first time that I managed to, to hold two of them and it was just nice to know that listen it's probably a bit selfish thinking but I'm normally player to be able to do that so that was a massive honour for me to have the two of them at the same time and it just brings back so many good memories as well just Thinking back, like two completely different squads with completely different teammates, but the same end result and the same same sort of character in the dressing room and stuff like that, with, with different types of managers. But the just to get a hold of the two of them together was, was obviously absolutely mind blowing for me. It was brilliant. And, and to get on the pitch and stuff like that. And, and as you say, I'm quite humble, I'm, I'm not a massive fan that loves all that, but I had to try and enjoy it.
0: Well, listen, Paul, obviously since then, we've had Fabrizio Picoretta out of the pitch with a 2012 trophy. Now, that had similarities for me to the 2012 circumstances in a sense that whilst there wasn't a pandemic back in 2012, there was a gentleman directly above Fabrizio in the pecking order that cast a very, very big shadow. So I think it was fairly obvious to most people um, that it was quite a nice moment for Fabrizio to have the stage to himself. you have any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, Fab, Fab didn't get the, he didn't get the 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 credit that he probably deserved because of the such big character and big figure that De Cano was. Listen, it's nice to see and it's pleasing to see that Fabrizio was obviously picking up loads and loads of accolades now in, in his coaching career and, and, and working with young players and, and, and I can see winning things, he's someone that I still speak to regularly, uh, he actually FaceTimed me maybe about three, four months ago, and we sat and we, we spoke for, for a good couple of hours on FaceTime, just talking about what it was like for him under the Caneo, and, and and just more so like, spoke, spoke about obviously when myself and the Caneo's relationship broke down, just what he thought went wrong, and how he, he wanted to try and fix it and stuff like that, and he was just really, really honest and open, and, and, and I appreciated that and, and he's someone that I still speak to regularly he, he, he called me not long ago just to talk about the Hereford job and so yeah for he'll probably well definitely doesn't get the credit that, that he did deserve back then but hopefully now people are seeing what a, what a good coach is and, and what he's doing now
0: and I mentioned him as well one of the other more well one of your one of your 2020 teammates Michael Dowsey of course and um, it was an absolute joy to see his face just explode with just ecstasy when we passed him that trophy and we said, the stage is yours. And he literally was like, I can't believe. He said, are you, are you saying you, you want me to I get, I get to do a lap of honour? And he was gobsmacked. Now, the thing that was really interesting, Paul, was that there's five or six people that were a little bit like, why Why are we, you know, that was a long time ago now. Like, can't we move on? But my my viewpoint on it is that so many, like all of that squad, were absolutely robbed and I've made it a kind of life mission to try and get as many of you guys out on that pitch in front of the town fans with that trophy as I possibly can. Um, could you, for, for people that might be a little bit kind of dissenting in terms of why are we still going back and celebrating, you know, that triumph, could you give them an idea what it what it would mean to those individual members of the squad that didn't get the opportunity to do that, like why it would be a good thing to do?
3: Yeah, well, it's good for me because I've got a comparison. I can I can fall back on like 2020, uh, 2012 scenes were brilliant. Obviously, that game against Port Vale, the party on the pitch was amazing. Just mixing with all the supporters and and everything that went on that day. So, that's the bit that lived with me. And then on the flip side of it, I'll be honest. Twenty twenty was it was rubbish, and that's me trying to be as nice about it as possible. It was rubbish. We had to the EFL were there. We had to. Stand. You've seen the. You've seen the photo. We're all standing three, three meters apart. It was, it was crap. We we then went over to like in the corner, basically close to the corner flag, where we'd have an individual photo. We weren't allowed to mix with each other because the EFL were there. It was, it was uh, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right at all. We we tried to to get together. We went to a place in Swindon, but again that was cordoned off, and we just didn't quite get that moment. To sh- Listen, I think. But as a matter of fact you should be sharing those moments with supporters and and we're standing in the middle of the pitch, three metres apart from each other in an empty stadium. And it's it was easy for me to to get almost pissed off at that because I had experienced the twenty twelve and, and I'm trying to explain to people like I thought the party on the pitch thing was an unbelievable idea and I know like I think Marie's still listening, I know well she was anyway, I don't know if she still is, but I know Marie had a massive part on in, in that and that was a brilliant day and I think the supporters that were there that day probably loved it as well because it was literally just, I know it sounds the proof's in the pudding, it was a party on the pitch, we are all just mixing with each other, there was uh, obviously the canny was up on the stage, we were all up on the stage doing different things, the, the trophy was there, it was, it was just an unbelievable day. But then oh. to go to, what's <laughs> that, sorry?
0: No, sorry Paul, I was going to say, yeah, that, that was the first time I actually met you in person you, what you, you definitely won't remember, but I know you've seen the picture of a very young Hammers and a very young Paul Gaddis stood on the uh, penalty spot, roughly listening to the lightning seeds while I was drinking a pint on the pitch. It was a pretty surreal experience.
3: Yeah, so there you go. Then that, that that's a perfect example of what what I'm getting at. Like to have that close closeness with with supporters and and people that wasn't support. You don't win titles on your own. You don't win titles as a team. You win titles as a football club. Whether that's bathroom staff players supporters you don't just win titles aren't just one on the pitch like you need everyone to be on the same page and, and we had that both 2012 and 2020 but the disappointing thing with the 2020 was we couldn't share it we couldn't celebrate with people but listen these things aren't it was covid it was it was a freak of nature it was just one of those things but we just never really had the chance to to celebrate as a team in front of supporters obviously a lot of people left after that and Obviously, we all know what happened the following season. That was that was rubbish. But we, uh, so I think just for like going back on doubts, like perfect example, doubts finished playing six months later, a couple of months later. So it was just nice for him to get that recognition that he deserved for playing such a massive part that year. And I'm sure all the lads would appreciate, obviously, to try and uh, to try and get on the pitch and and, and just get that little bit, of, but of appreciation for the supporters and 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 us to show it back to them as well.
0: Is it a little bit of closure, Paul, for some of those characters? Did it feel like a bit of closure for you as well?
3: Yeah, it did for me. Yeah, definitely did because again, being able to have both of them, and it, it was something that like I will always cherish. Like I'm so proud that I done it with with a club that that gave me as much as I gave them. Like it's a two way thing. Like I obviously loved playing for the club and gave everything I possibly could, but I got so much more back from from the supporters and. So it was nice for me. To, for me, to, listen. Obviously, I was on the pitch and everybody was applauding me. But at the same time, I'm, I'm applauding supporters being on that pitch because never got the chance to do that, especially coming back in 2020. And people will always use that. Don't go back to the same club and and I obviously, clearly, I wasn't a big big believer in it. But uh, so it was just nice to go back with with both trophies.
0: Well, Paul, we've I've had a DM from Hereford Pete, and he said whilst all this win stuffs all very well and good. You've got more pressing <laughs> pressing work at hand. Welcome to Edgar Street, um, Paul. Obviously, not all Swindon fans will be aware, but hopefully, most are now. You, you're obviously the new manager of Hereford FC. So, I mean, how's it come about? Like, what's the story? I've, I've got a feeling this is going to be an interesting one as well.
3: Yeah. So, listen, we're we'll talking probably about middle April, uh, just out the blue. People obviously talking football, and I received an email to. To go and speak to to Hereford board uh, about the man's position, so obviously was was really honoured at that. Done a lot of the pre- preparation, went and spoke to them, and I think that was the first interview. Was there was seven candidates, and it was it was shot down to three, I believe. Uh, which I was really surprised, to be honest, that I got to the, the final three because I knew it would be a risk for the club to appoint a new manager, someone that's not. Uh, managed in that particular league or played in that particular league. So to get to the final three I thought was I was I was really encouraged by it. Uh and then I clearly impressed when I got to the final three I I'd done my second interview on a Friday afternoon and I had left Hereford Stadium and within half an hour, forty five minutes I got a phone call offering me the job. Just really impressed with my honesty, my my desire the type of character I was, the the detail I put into it, knowing about the club and, and so I was really honoured with that and and, and I'm really honoured. I'm absolutely loving it. I am non stop to be honest. This is I'll come off of here and, and I'll be up to two, three o'clock in the morning, I'll be looking at videos and and I'm loving it. Uh the first thing I had to do was obviously speak to players about next year. I'm a new manager. I've never done it before but at the end of the day I'm not I'm not a manager to be loved I'm, I'm a manager to be successful so I had to make tough decisions uh, which i done and I'm not afraid to do so I've, I've showed that I went to the training ground not ever meeting any of the players not ever meeting any of the backroom staff and, and unfortunately I had to move on 16 of the 18 players and 5 of the 6 staff because I want to bring my own staff in it's my first job I want to bring people in that I'm close with people that I trust and we're part time so that the players will train a Tuesday and a Thursday evening and I want staff that I already know. I, I, to be brutally honest, I don't have time to to build relationships with people I don't know as of, bathroom staff. So, I'm getting to grips with with the bathroom staff that I want in place. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm I've, I've changing the the mindset of the football club. It's something that I'm big on. It's listen, Hereford's no longer going to be a retirement fund. Retirement fund for players. We're changing that mindset. Everyone thinks that because we're a, probably well, we are the biggest club in that league that they'll just come to Hereford and get X amount of money and just chill. That's that's changing under my watch. It's been difficult but uh but I'm well on, on the way we're we're recruiting players I've, I sat in a hotel today in Manchester for five, six hours just meeting loads of people, sitting down with them, just and just giving them a bit of what I'm about, about my character and what you'll get from me and how I like things straight down the middle. It's I'll never piss about things I'll just tell you how it is and, and I think the board appreciated that uh, I'd done, done a fans forum last week and obviously the supporters that were listen like any club if if, if you bring a manager and it's not managed then there's going to be question marks and there's going to be people worried about oh, how's he going to do this and how's he going to do that and, and I think if I'm being brutally honest I think I won a lot of people over just by my sheer honesty my character my work ethic my desire and and what I'm trying to go after at the club, so listen, so far so good. I've I'm got I'm, I'm building a new team pretty much. Uh, the board have been first class. They have given me full access to anything I need, and I'm 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 in full control of everything. Transfers a lot, so yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I'm uh I'm buzzing. I'm tired, but I'm I'm absolutely buzzing.
2: Paul, <laughs> Paul, I've got a question for you. Yeah, are they allowed to eat jam
1: sandwiches?
3: Uh listen they're part time they can eat what they want as long as they don't eat it on a Tuesday or a Thursday.
1: <laughs> you've got a ban tomato ketchup, Paul. Just just you've got to do it.
3: Yeah, put tomato ketchup, milking your coffee, milking your tea. <laughs> I...
0: <laughs> so um Skip, you've had a, you've had a little clutch of emails from Swindon Town fans wishing you all the best. Pete has DM'd again saying um cheers for your honesty. Um, he was um, in attendance at the fans forum. Thought you spoke fantastically well, um, and he says, "Good luck, um, bring us a pot." Um, Josh Blythe, goalkeeper, seventeen-year-old goalkeeper says, "Hey, cads, I emailed the Hereford Academy a few weeks back. Fancy having a look? <laughs> so um, he's ch- check the thread out, but If you're short in the goalkeeper, yeah,
3: Josh, you can join a queue about three and a half thousand. Mate, I've had loads of them, but." <laughs> I'll chase that up for you.
0: <laughs> um, Claire Follett uh, tweeted, Skip, to say, good luck, Paul, on the next step of your coaching journey with a Thank big you. fake emoji. And uh, Aria has said, if the Skip needs an extra pair of hands at Hereford, I'm famously pretty good at finding players using a laptop and I'm cheaper than Sandro. So <laughs> <laughs> There you go, free free resource for you there and a possible FOC technical director. And one of your winners, Dean McMacken, has said, Interesting question. Will Paul Caddis be looking potentially at Swindon youngsters on loan? I mean, that's an interesting question, Paul, isn't it? Is because you're not a million miles away. We've yeah. got we've got a prolific sort of you know um, loan output program now at Swindon Town that Jamie Jamie Russell, the um, head of the academy, spoke about recently. Is is there any quick wins for you in terms of um, you know making any connections with Swindon Town in that respect?
3: Yeah, listen. I'd be silly not to. I've, I've got connection. We're going to train in Birmingham, so, so the obvious ones will be, obviously, the, the Birmingham. I've, I've played with Birmingham, but... Uh, no, listen, I will sit down with, with Jamie. I've already been in contact with Jamie and, and Rob and, and, and Swindon, to be fair. I've been first class behind the scenes. They've given they've me a lot of help, so... Uh, I won't rely on loans. That's that's what I'll say on that. Like I won't rely on loans. I want my own players for Hereford, but at the same time, to maximise the budget I will be bringing loan players in and Swindon's definitely a club that, that I will look at Well
0: I mean look it goes without saying Paul like we you know on behalf of every single Swindon Town fan out there we wish you all the very 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 best at Hereford and um, you know we know how much you love the club and we know that you'll speak diplomatically at this stage but we all know if you do well at Hereford you never know what well, might happen further down the line. So we wish you all the very best. And one day, obviously we will hope to see you in the dugout, um, starting of course on Sunday. So, um, I mean, listen, we know that you're going to, you, you know, the chances are you're going to have an interrupted, um, night pool. Like you said, you're going to be up late anyway, doing your, you know, doing your prep. Yeah. Plus, um, we will keep our fingers crossed. It's a peaceful night. Summer. Um, of frothing. Can't wait to see you skip on Sunday. Um, safe travels down. And, um, over the next couple of days, we look forward to telling the Swindon Town fans exactly who they look forward to coming to see on Sunday. They're not going to be disappointed, are they?
3: No, no. As uh, as we touched on those those players that everyone will know across across the board. So yeah, listen, I'm I'm excited to come down. Firstly, obviously it's it's brilliant to come back to the, back to the club, but there's a lot of players that that I've not seen for a long time, so it'll be nice to catch up with them as well and and share that moment again. Just being on the pitch, get that camaraderie again in the dressing room, and. I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully I've, hopefully we can get a half-decent turnout that, that people get behind it. Listen, none, none more so than myself. I don't want... This isn't to try and... Obviously, we're, we're trying to raise the, as much as we can for a for a charity that's close to me, but come down and, and interact with the players and, and the people that are going to be there because I'll be sure to make sure everyone... We will, we will interact with, with everyone that comes and i will be a... It'll be completely different to, to a normal game. It'll be a lot more chilled. It'll be a lot more interaction with the stands and stuff like that. So it'll be a proper good event and, and, and obviously a chance to see people on the pitch.
0: Well, like I say, if you've not bought your ticket, um dear listeners, get onto the Swindon Town website, go to the ticketing section and you will notice that the um, you can pick your tickets. um, You can pre-book your tickets um, using the Ticketmaster system. Select your seats. As you would for any other game, we're going to be opening the Arkles stand initially, and who knows if we pack out the Arkles, um, we may be able to open the Town End, and so on, and so on, and so forth. But anyway, we're not going to get beyond ourselves. Um, but um, of course, Paul, like we said, every 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 penny of profit is going to be going straight to your um, Type One Diabetes Research uh, fundraiser, isn't it? Yep,
3: yeah, every single penny will go to go to that. Uh, there'll be Diabetes UK, and then there's there's another one that I've have built a decent relationship called jdrf which is which is which spec uh, specifically uh, is specific, sorry specifically on type 1 diabetes whereas diabetes uk is also type 1 and type 2 so yeah it will be split between those but uh obviously something that's really close to me and it's and it's it's, it's weird it's one of those illnesses that that literally is 24 hours it's it's a sleeping illness it's 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 just non-stop it's 24 hours a day you've got to manage it. it can and the slightest little thing can change but the the research into it has been quite groundbreaking actually to be honest the last last couple of probably in the last six months they've they've came up with a pill uh, in america at the moment where it could replace insulin so so that could be good there's also uh research into a spray that just basically goes in that you just spray at the roof of your mouth that can replace insulin that can boost you up quickly and stuff like that so there's loads of research going on so I'm trying my hardest as a parent to to help towards that and help fund that as much as often I don't think
0: there's anyone that's listened tonight Paul that you've always been an impressive footballer you've always been an impressive leader um not just our club, but all the clubs that you've represented. More importantly, mate, you are a truly fantastic human being. It's been my absolute treat getting to know you. Um, and genuinely, genuinely excited to be seeing, getting to meet Summer on Sunday as well. And and I think that's the most important thing, putting football to one side. Um, anyone that's heard you talking tonight, and particularly heard you talking alongside Summer earlier, um, I know will doff their cap and say, bloody hell, what an amazing dad you are as well. Should be proud of yourself, Paul. We're incredibly proud of you, mate.
3: Yeah, thank you. Listen, it's I'm sure everyone would do would do the same for their the, their own kids, but yeah, it's been it's not been a, an ideal. And I, I'm quite a private person. I don't open up on things like this. But obviously, just to try and help towards towards the charity. And, and now, listen. Now I, I was completely ignorant to diabetes. I never really understood it, I was probably as ignorant of what everybody is listening at the moment. You just think oh, it's just an injection and it's fine. But there's obviously so much more to it. But that's for another day. But yeah, listen, just appreciate all the all the support I've had from everyone and obviously yourself, Hammers and, and the team at, uh, uh, on the podcast and stuff like that. And the wider Swindon community as, as well as all the ex-clubs that I've played for. They've all been first class and it's something that, that, that I don't take for granted.
0: Yeah, we know that, Paul. That's why we make such an effort for you, mate. Don't you worry about that. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday, pal. We'll let you drift off now. You can go get on with your scouting.
3: <laughs> yeah, go and, get, uh, go and get some recruitment done. <laughs> nice to speak to you guys. I'll, I'll see y'all on Sunday. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers, guys. See
0: ya. Right. Cheers, Paul. Right. Wow. Well, well, all right, Joe. Listen, we've had a we've had a couple of um, stragglers join us. Do you want to? Um, I know Paul's already done it a couple of times, but uh, Joe and Ellis, do you want to? Um, Ellis, if you take care of the managers, and Joe, you take care of the players. Do you want to um, name the six players and the two managers that Paul has picked for um, match day duties on Sunday?
1: Yeah, of course. So. um, Paul's player picks, he's gone for Steph Quince, Kieran Boast, Pierce W36, Dan Jackson, Pips
0: Daniels, and Mr. Dino McMakin. Outstanding. And Ellis, the two yeah. are going to be? The two managers are going to be Dan Cole and Sean King. Dan Cole and Sean King. So congratulations to the eight of you. But just to reiterate what I said earlier, the challenge has been laid down for all you Swindon Town fans out there. Turn up for the game on Saturday. If you think you still, you still fancy, if you've entered and you've not won tonight, our oh, commiserations, but you've got one more chance to win. Turn up for the game on Sunday in your Swindon Town kit and bring your boots. If you do, and we're not going to have any of this. I've got my jeans on, but I'm wearing a Town shirt. That counts. We are talking... We want, I know summer's gone now, so I can use the expression, and we're after the watershed. We want you to turn up and be proud, full kit wankers, as the website is called. So please do turn up in your full kit. I want Bag- shin pads as well, Hannes. Yeah, we need your pads as well and, and have your boots with you. And if you've got them, we're going to send Paul up into the stands and he's going to pluck one of you to come out and play on the pitch as well. So there blue is. Blue a- Budgie Smugglers, too. I beg your pardon? The Blue Budgie Smugglers, they are. Uh... They count, and oh, I think
1: yes, if you can get a Paul Caddis number seven shirt on,
0: I mean, <laughs> so Paul it might, it might be an instant win. Just to clarify, Paul has said if any of you lot turn up on Sunday in just your blue sloggies, no more, no less, just your blue sloggies, you will get a signed Simon Ferry shirt, and we will get you out of the pitch, photographed with the trophy, recreating the trophy shot with Si and Paul, we'll, we'll go, the, we'll go the whole hog, i know Caroline at the club, be more than happy, to unleash, the two silver beasts, that are the 2012, and the 2020, we'll have them, we'll have them out, and we'll have a lot of fun with them, alright, so, um, as I say, um, <laughs> don't give up hope, if you've not, if you're not one of the, uh, the lucky eight, that have been uh, picked tonight, but, congratulations to all those winners, but, um Wow, I mean, how do, how do you follow up from that? Um, I've never been involved in an event quite like this at the County Ground before, um, and it's just going to be a, a absolutely mind-bogglingly brilliant. Um, the last time I think we, um, uh, the last time I was, I was involved in a, you know, with with ex players, ex legends, and what it was the it was the Low Stranger mm-hmm. Shield, and it was a really really strange time where you know, we couldn't open the ground, you know, uh, Rich and the team couldn't have the ground, we couldn't have support in the ground, you know, the the whole kind of COVID piece was starting to kick in, there was, the, you know, the financial implosion was all around us, it was a really, really difficult time, there was, I remember Richie was there on the day, and, you know, you could tell that in his heart, Richie, Richie really liked the idea of potentially finding his way back to the county ground, but You could see that the timing was, timings were all over the place for people, for their career, for their aspirations. And it was a tremendous stuff. But we've got an opportunity here to, you know, open the doors, get all the fans back in the stadium, have a real kind of proper end of season festival feel about it, which I'm really, really excited about. Off the back of what's been a a very frustrating season, Joe and Ellis, I'll get your view on this. I I can't think of a nicer way to kind of bring the curtain down on a season at the county ground. If you know what I mean, I can think of a nicer way. An FA Cup final would be nice, or a playoff final where we end up winning would be nice. But in the present circumstances, I can't think of a better way to bring a whole load of old friends back to the county ground. And can I add that up in the commentary box for this game, I am thrilled, and I know he's listening in tonight. Good evening to you, Vic. I am thrilled to tell you I'm going to be ticking a life box as well. So I grew up listening to Vic Morgan commentating over Swindon Town Games when I was literally just a nipper. And my last ever Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge host outing is going to be spent commentating alongside Vic Morgan from the Swindon Town College Fox. I'm so excited. I can't tell you. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, We've got legends literally all over the place. I've got Vic with me up in the commentary box. Can't think of a bigger legend. We're going to have legends all over the pitch. And every single one of you that buys a ticket is an absolute legend as well. Because as you probably heard from Paul... Type one diabetes research has moved on rapidly um, in the time that Paul's been affected by the illness. A little affected by the illness, um, so every single pound that you're going to contribute um, via your ticket purchases will make a difference. But please do make a point of getting down to the county ground. I know it's a, it's a you know, a, um, I know it's a cost of living crisis at the moment, but it's ten pound for adults. Five pound for concessions and a pound if you're under sixteen. So please do come along, get involved, come and have a fantastic time, make a load of noise. Um, you know, give Summer a massive cheer as she comes on the pitch with her little sister at the start of the game. And we will move forward. So, Ellis, last night we had the um, we had the pleasure of Swindon Town Westbury, didn't we? We won't spend too much time talking about it, but yeah. um, we. Uh, what, what was your take, mate? What was your? What would you say in summary?
2: Um, in summary, I think it was a classic men versus boys game. Um, Westbury sort of imposed their experience and stature onto the young Swindon side. Um, it was a good game, though. Swindon battled the whole game, had um, opportunities here and there, but sort of just lacked that final product.
0: Didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't quite have the cutting edge Um, Ellis, I think that we, I lost count of the number of times I said on the commentary that um, it seemed to be all the the pretty patterns, all the passing play, the patient build up, you know, Swindon had everything. But on the night, um, Westbury were utterly ruthless and um, they had a, I mean, they they had a very, very experienced um, and very dynamic forward line um, in Gary Higdon and Harvey Flippence, who calls them Towns' very, very young backline, no end of problems. Um, but just to put that into perspective, Gary Higdon is a, a 34-year-old with hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of non-league goals, a decent standard non-league football under his belt. Yep, he's one of those kind of players. And he was playing up against a couple of centre-halves that were like 15, 16 years old. So to put that into perspective, it took a Gary Higdon sort of 25-yard rocket um, to break with initial stubborn resistance. Um, a big deflection from um, good build-up play again from uh, Gary Higdon. Um, and then a penalty, unfortunately, five minutes into the second half did for Town. But Town battled away. But the, the reason why it's kind of an interesting sort of... Uh, it was an interesting experiment for us to um, uh, to get involved in, Ellis. There were some very, very exciting players out there. I'm just going to run through the Town starting line for a start. Yeah. So uh, Jack Copland in goal. You had Liam Hutt. Right back is a name that most town fans won't be familiar with. You probably have will recall Harvey Fox um, from appearances in the Papa John's Trophy. And Jackson Brown um, was captain on the night, playing in central defensive midfield. And Jackson Brown um, recently has been on the bench for the first team. Um, Sonny Hart, who's been um, on loan at Harrow Borough this season, has been picking up a lot of accolades in um, a decent stand on non-league football, Harrow Borough. Um, so um, played alongside Finn Toombs at centre-back. And Finn Toombs really did have a battle on his hands because Harvey Flippens was absolute live wire. Um, midfield um, was made up of, um, like I said, central defensive midfield was Jackson Brown, but sitting just in front of Jackson Brown was Fletcher Hubbard, who for fans of a certain age will recall sort of Sammy Igo, very diminutive, small in stature, but very, very skillful, very, very tricky. Um, and playing alongside Fletcher was um, Ali Stewart and um, Flynn Hamilton, and then you also had Joel McGregor in there as well. And up top in the number nine shirt was the familiar figure of George Calmeadow, um, who's also got some first team appearances under his belt. On the bench, Town had young goalkeeper Redmond Evans, um, young left back Finn Adams, um, tricky um, right side midfielder Archie Mill, um, Tom Wynne Davis, who again has first team appearances in the Papa John's trophy, George Alston and Danny Gonzalez. Now, Interesting thing about that. There's a whole host of names on there that you won't recognise, but I can tell you for a fact, you are going to get to know Danny Gonzalez. What a talent! Danny Gonzalez is going to be very, very skillful. Coming on against them, um, the tired legs of Westbury um, was tearing them the ribbons. Really, really exciting, skillful player. Some lovely link-up play. That um, with um, town's very um uh, competitive midfield, Archie Milne also very exciting off the bench again, I think both Gonzalez and Milne about fifteen, phenomenally talented and really gave full grown men a proper run for their money, let me tell you, uh, despite the scoreline. line um I think I was also particularly interested with um Fletcher Hubbard and I thought Jackson Brown ran the show from center midfield and Harvey Fox down the left hand side and Liam Hart on the right hand side. Were both absolutely outstanding. Would you say that's a fair summary, Ellis? Did anyone else catch your eye? And indeed, do you sh- do you share my optimism for some of these youngsters moving forward? In a, um, if you're a Swindon Town fan looking to the future, the future's bright, right?
2: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, we touched on it a second ago that there was some great great build up play that Swindon have uh, had throughout the thirds. Um, you know, quick. Um, one-touch passes um, and yeah there's there's definitely a good few players in that academy that I'm sure we're going to see in the first team at,
0: at, at some point in the near future So probably fair for us to summarise pretty much like the club said um, you know I left the ground feeling very very proud that um, some very very young players and it wasn't until I was outside by my car by the way and some of the lads were being picked up by literally their mums and dads who were <laughs> Who are literally waiting outside in the family estate. And as these lads are coming out and you're looking at them, I'm literally like, My good lord, you're three years younger than my son. Like that is <laughs> absolutely that was mind blowing for me. Yeah. Made me a real old fart, but at the same time, it really did ram it home that when I was stood um next to um a 34 35 year old gary higdon for example who was four inches taller than me and and looked every year my age um well he won't thank me for saying that um, (laughs) that was that was quite a contrast to for example um a um an archie milne um who literally looked like a baby stood next to me but was phenomenally combative out on the pitch so, yeah, the future's bright. Let me tell you, ladies and gents, the, um, the um, academy um, production line is whirring away, and you will very, very soon really start to see the benefit of that. It was just a shame that Abu Kanu, who we spent some time with um, up in the stands, was suspended, unfortunately, because of his red card in the semi final. Um, and he cut a frustrated figure, Ellis, didn't he? I mean, yeah. He- he would have made a real difference because it was a bit of a it was a, a difficult night for George Camedo obviously not a natural center forward um, playing in Kanu's position but um you sort of feel if you had if you if you had a, a kind of an orthodox number 9 up there um, it, it, well you would have expected us to bury a couple of the chances that we carved out
2: yeah look Abu he's 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 a good striker he's scored plenty of goals at, at academy level i think um I think he was saying to us, his last club, he scored over sixty-five goals. I think in a season. Um, yes, it's academy level, but you know, it's not it's not easy to score goals. Um, and um, you're only as good as your striker. So, if 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 you've got if your striker banging in goals, um, it's it's obviously going to make a huge difference to the to
0: the team. Well, John. John Saunders has just tweeted, "Good evening, Camel. Well, mate. Um, John says to ask who was the um, who was the uh, number seven little blonde lad? Good player. Yeah, that was um, Fletcher Hubbard that I was telling you about, John. Um, it very very skillful player, very very tricky little player. And again, you got to remember this guy was playing against absolute like man mountain um, non league combative uh, midfielders who." Mm-hmm. Last year they were they were runners up in the Old Sport Hellenic, um, and this is their first season at Step Four. But in their first season at Step Four, they finished mid table, got to their first cup final in 30 years, um, and they have got a bit of money about them. They're runners, a very very professional club. We were watching their warm up drills, Ellis. I mean, they literally. Um, it's fair to say if you were looking at how Swindon were warming up, and you were looking at how Westbury were warming up, you know, and and if you were to say right, which of the two clubs is probably the professional club? If you were, if you didn't know what you were looking at, you, pro, you you wouldn't be able to make an easy choice there, would you? Apart from the fact that Westbury were, you could tell they were enjoying their surroundings somewhat.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a big occasion for Westbury, first cup final in in over thirty years. Um, so it was a big occasion for not only the players but the club as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of sort of uh, the warm up and professionalism. Um, they were sort of like for like
0: and there was one other uh, big event and it, that we'll, we'll close our show tonight um, just talk about this but we were delighted we had a special guest up in the commentary box Ellis didn't we last night and do you want to tell the listeners for those of you that weren't listening in to the show or have not caught any of our recorded coverage since who joined us in the commentary box last night Ellis uh, the uh,
2: Swindon Town Women's Captain she was she was proper, proper um, good last night. Sorry. I, my uh, d- my descriptive words were not the best then.
1: Have you got no. the wrong one? There's another person as well that joined you upstairs as well.
2: Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, Angus. Oh, and oh yeah. Bob Angus. And, uh... <laughs> of course. Yeah. Make sure they're paying their season tickets and backing who, Ellis? Uh,
2: the, the new Swindon Town manager. We had... An exclusive last night.
0: So and uh it was an absolute treat to welcome uh Mike Flynn up in the commentary box last night. Second um second best but 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 um second best we had in the commentary
2: box last uh, <laughs> box last night, may I add? Yeah. Oh, was up <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Joe. I must,
1: I must um, admit, honestly, listening I listened to the show, I listened to the first half fully, um, listened to half time, I caught Mike Flynn, Guys, like, the way he speaks, oh, my God. The man just, he has me on a piece of string, I can tell you. Like, the interview with the club he did what got released today was amazing. The interview with Vic on the OSC night, again, he just,
0: he has me, you know, just under his charm, the way he speaks. i tell you, I've got to tell you, you know that I'm a big fan of the man in the hat, um, Andrew Hawes. I'm a massive fan of his commentary. Um, and it I've isn't. got... He's his interview with Andrew Hawes on the Talk of the Town podcast. If you've not listened to it, go and bury your ears into it. I tell you what, it is it's um, uh, it's a, a long form interview. Andrew does a really really good job at digging into. Um, I mean, we last night we were we were pretty direct on a couple of key questions that had, um, you know we what we didn't we there was a chance we were going to see Mike last night. Um, And it was brilliant that we ended up seeing him and we were able to just, again, um, we didn't have any questions scripted. Um, Mike didn't flinch at all. When I asked him, I had concerns and Swindon fans have got concerns about playing style. um, And he completely addressed that. I thought he was, but the, the interview of Andrew goes into so much depth about so many different um, facets um, of Mike Flynn's appointment. And, um, I mean, listen, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with us guys talking about it, because I think the the most obvious thing for me, Joe, and I know it's been a big bugbear for myself, yourself, Ellis, and quite a lot of the other panellists that join us on the Tom Broadband Lounge has been circumstances around recruitment this year. As that piece has unravelled, um, so it seemed did the morale of Swindon Town fans in large chunks. Now, Mike Flynn's been very quick to come out and say that he is going to be solely responsible for recruitment. It is... In the initial ad- announcement about his appointment, they very clearly made a differentiation by calling him a manager as opposed to a first-team coach. Um, clearly, that's a there's cost savings there. But it's a little bit like what Carlisle have done, isn't it, with Paul Simpson. They've just simplified the model. And they've got a proper, you know, I, I don't want to call it old-fashioned because he's not an old-fashioned thinker, far from it. But they've, they've literally just gone back to basics, haven't they?
1: Mate, I think sometimes we need to remember we're a League Two football club. You know, we're not. Your Real Madrid, Barcelona's Bayern minutes of the world. We haven't got the ability to be handing out, you know, five-year contracts, or if you're Chelsea, an eight-and-a-half-year contract to really, you know, put some future plans in place. Of course, we can have certain players, like your Jake Wakelins, or you've got your outs coming through that are on longer-term contracts. And you want to build a team around those certain players. But a lot of the time, League Two footballers are on a one-year contract, and it's season-to-season. If you go up, you might retain them, and you add, you know some League One players to that squad. It's just it's a different ball game in the Football League at this level. So I think ultimately if you want a manager to be successful, that manager needs to have full reign of who he wants in his squad. He needs to have, you know, full confidence in every player in his team that he can put out a starting eleven and he can make changes that because these players are the ones that he's brought in, he trusts. He's got the confidence in their ability and their their work ethic to go out there and perform for the badge. So it's. I think it was needed. I think we had an experiment season last year. Um, we're past nine o'clock, so we can say it, it went to absolute shit. So, you know, something had to give. And at the end of the day, a lot of people have criticised the club this season for not being decisive enough or communicative in certain situations, which is, you know, completely fair because it's been poor. You can't at all um, sort of, throw shade at the way that the club have acted in recent weeks or in the last week or so. They've given Mike, Mike Flynn the entire summer, they've given him the best chance at success next season. You know, he's got full preparation of his pre-season schedule, who he wants to bring in, his staff, um, the decision on players that are on potential, you know, out of contract, retain list, whatever. It's just, it's, I think it's perfect, mate. I think it's the way it's needed to be. I think we've we've understood the situation. I think the board have probably read the
0: room a little bit. And um yeah, here we are. Well look, I'm a I'm a I'm a big believer in in reading, you know, body language and, and giving you a flow, trying to sort of get you under the hood of what we think Mike Flynn's all about. And I think it's really, really important you take the sort of things that I'm about to say. Um and you balance this off against, obviously, um, the the you know the hard words that you've heard in the interviews with Andrew Hawes, in the interviews with Vic Morgan, um, and um, uh, all the other outlets. I know Ali Durden um, has spoken to him as well for um, Points West. Um, I think the thing that I mean, Ellis, I take your 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 view on this because obviously you were stood right next to me while we're talking to the man, um, but he breathed into the commentary box with a. a a real kind of confidence with a hint of arrogance. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think um, every every great um, football personality has that about them. And um, I remember I contrast that with when I met Scott Lindsay right at the start of his reign and we met in the kit room. And I remember thinking, Scott's a really, really nice bloke. But it's almost like um, he he sort of, there was just that little bit of bullishness about Mike Flynn that little bit of kind of added confidence that I didn't detect in Scott Lindsay. Um, I mean, he he immediately stepped in, Ellis, didn't he, last night into the commentary. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. He said exactly what he wanted to say. But at the same time, he was also respectful. When we started talking, he stopped and let us talk, didn't he? It wasn't like he was reading from a script.
2: Yeah. And can I also add... If the league was determined by the quality of aftershave, then <laughs> we are absolutely pissing this league because the man smelled stupendous.
0: Can I also add, if the league was determined by the quality of fur lined duffel coat? Oh, and-
2: absolutely.
0: And tutorial excellence with designer shoe and studded jean, then let me tell you. The guy was looking a little bit special last night. I I actually think he was clearly dressed down a little bit because it was a development fixture. Although he was still there with his work head on, and you could see during the game he was taking it very seriously. Um, yeah, he was ready. He was ready to party after the game, Ellis, wasn't it? We just, we, you know, I think we just lost our cue a little bit there. We lingered too long talking to the players.
2: Yeah, yeah. He uh, he looks we, the part. He smells the part. Should have talked the part.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> In all seriousness, though, going back, to, um, going back to, to Mike and the way that he presented himself. I mean, he was, when we were talking to him, um, very sincere, like really focused, really listening. All those kind of nonverbal communications that you look out for. Lots of eye contact, um, really warm, sincere handshake. Um, just very, very focused as an individual. And some of the things he was talking about off Mike as well were things like, you know wanting to build something at Swindon you know he spoke about the real pride that he's got for being at Swindon he talked about historic appearances like turning up at the county ground and and always feeling like you know the club was a big club and you know he's um you know he's very respectful about previous managers that have been there he's very aware of the kind of personalities that have been involved at Swindon but one of the things that I really liked is when he talked about um when he was doing his homework he spoke with Richie Wellens um and Richie Wellens was um able to give him a bit of a flavour as to how you go about getting the counterground ground rocking. Now that for me was key because before he even said that, I already started to say from some of the interviews that I'd heard, I was getting really strong Richie Wellens vibes from, um, from Mike Flynn. Now to think that Mike Flynn was able to make contact and has um, an in with Richie Wellens, I think should make us really, really excited in terms of um, how he thinks he's going to go about unifying our club because Listen, I mean, make no bones about it. Joe Ellis, I mean, you know, you and I have had conversations like long and hard about this stuff. Um, You know, I've experienced it firsthand going out on the pitch and feeling a very, very clear divide in the, um, you know, from the stands in terms of what certain people want Um, And what certain people don't want from a match day experience. Um, You've, you know, there is, um, you know, there's certain feelings about certain players that the crowd are very, very um, divided about. There is a very, very kind of divided opinion as to what style of football Swindon Town should be playing. I couldn't help but think I thought back to when Richie Wellens joined off the back of a pretty unsuccessful and inspiring spell at Oldham. And when he joined us, he called out the town fan base pretty quickly but he worked very, 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 very hard on that PR, making himself available and unifying the town. And I keep on saying this thing about, I feel that Mike Flynn is going to kind of be the sort of community leader in many ways that I always felt that, say, Lou Macari was, or the unifying force that, say, an Aussie Ardiles was. And certainly Richie Wellens, um, in, in the more modern era, just typified the role that Swindon Town Manager has to play in a community club.
1: Um mate, I think the thing that is like abundantly clear, he's been here for what, two days? He's done more to, you know, communicate with fans, to appear on, you know, various fan channels and, and media channels and stuff, and to really give the fans a flavour of what he's about and what he feels Swindon Town is about, what it means to him, what it means to his staff, what he's looking for in the players, what he's looking for you know, in in his own um, ambitions of the season, the way he wants to play football. We've not had that since Richie Wellens. Like, he's done more in two days than Jody Morris has done in, like, what, was he six months, five months? Mm. Like, it's... It's actually, if you look at it on paper, it's it's pretty much astounding. Like, I don't think that that man could have done more in the two days of his reign at Swindon Town than, you know, well... He could have signed Mbappe and Messi and it might have been a little bit better. But other than that, I think he's pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly grafting, isn't he? Like he's thrown himself into the job. He said he was going to throw himself into the job. And um there is a bit of a cliche, you know, you hear people sort of when they take up new appointments, you know, the things they don't know. I don't know. You'll hear that you'll hear things like, I don't necessarily know the answer now, but I will find out the answer for you and I'll come back to you. And I kind of got that off I always like that, rather than somebody giving you a kind of BS answer. They're very open to say, no, I'm not saying I know everything. I have done my homework, but I don't know the answer to that. But I will go find out and I will come.
1: Mate, it's very impressive. I also saw, there was a video that um, somebody had posted. I'm in a Facebook group. I'm not too sure if you're in it, um, Hannah's, but there's a Facebook group of Swindon Town fans in Australia. And they always catch up with Clem on uh, match days and they watch the games in pubs and stuff with Clem. Yeah. Um, And Clem did a little speech at this event, uh, at the pub, on Monday about sort of Mike Flynn and his impression in in meeting him for interviews and stuff. Clem was absolutely beaming like his face when he was chatting about Mike Flynn, about the passion that he had for the football club, like from the off, he clearly left a very, very long lasting impression on Clem, like straight from the off. Um, Anyone that I've spoken to at the football club is just completely over the moon with his appointment you know, the character that they think they've got on board, his aspirations, the direction of where they believe they're going alongside with him. Um it's it's the positivity that we've needed all season. And isn't it just insane what a few words can do to a fan base? You know, if this had happened last summer, we could be sat here and we could be looking back on twenty two, twenty three with a you know, some rose scented glasses a little bit, even if we did finish tenth.
0: Yeah, but Joe, um, but like I said, that's that's because we're a community football club that lives in the heart of its community. Of course, think, it is. The way we always say we're we're a massive village, aren't we? Swindon yeah, are a huge village. We are and... very. It's a very very close knit village, and I've said to people said to people before, um, it's it's a place that talks as well. I mean, I live all the way over in the London Kent border, and I hear things being said about me in Swindon. So it's, you know, it is one of these places where word gets around and it gets around very, very, very quickly. So I think it's an absolute masterstroke. And like I said, the if you think about um, you know community leadership in and around Swindon you know there's a time where there's not a lot of faith um, amongst football fans for political leaders um, or anywhere else to be fair I'm not a particularly political beast but you know you know not everybody is a particular religious individual me personally I'm not so I don't find my community leadership from you know from religion um, so I when I start looking around the community leadership you know, the role of a football manager in a community such as Swindon is a very, very, very important role. However, let's not get too carried away with ourselves because at the end of the day, fundamentally, Mike Flynn is going to be judged on whether or not Swindon are winning. And even then, if they're winning, there will still be people that raise an eyebrow at the way that we win. But this is where it gets really interesting for me because I asked him directly how he felt about... um, uh, people that might criticise his appointment on the basis of the football that he plays. And, I mean, Ellis, are you, are you happy to talk about his, his answer in that respect? Because he talked about Newport being um, a, an even bigger challenge to him because of the state of their pitch, didn't he?
2: Yeah, um, exactly what you said. He he, lo- he said he likes to play um, football sort of on the on the floor. Um not necessarily round the back if if there's an easier option going forward then then he'd like to play that option um he said start of the season at Newport he could sort of um play that star a little bit more, but as the season went on and the pitch got worse, it became a lot harder to um to follow that system um look i've <laughs> It's, it it's going to be interesting we we don't know until we we see it in, in pre-season um how how exactly his style is going to work but he said at Newport he um you know he he likes to play total football so it's going to be interesting I, I, i'm i'm looking forward to um see how his style translates onto the pitch um, and works with the players that we've already got, and of- obviously the players that we're going to bring in. Um, and I think it's really, really exciting times at Swindon.
1: Alice, i will ask you this, mate. Um, if we this season go and play Route One, kick it ahead of it, but we win the league, do you really give much for shit? And also, I'll put that to you as well, Hannahs. Like, I'd be interested to get your opinion on that as well. If we <laughs> we're successful this season by playing Route One. A bit rudimentary football. I'm, I think I take it. Yeah, if,
2: if 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 you go win the league, if if it gets us out of League Two, then 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 yeah. But again, is that is that um sort of style of play is that sustainable? You the amount of times you see teams like that 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 play um a route one sort of style they they go up to league 1 and they come straight back down because you know the further up you go in the leagues the harder it is to play like that um but as as long as if the football's exciting uh we're winning games and you know the the fans are engaged then then um yeah i i I guess i I would take it
0: i think from my perspective if you'd asked me that question about 3 4 years ago I would have given you a very different answer to what I'm giving you now. If you had told me that last week I would have been stood in the town and watching Stevenage and going, do you know what? I'd probably take that at the moment. If that was Swindon out there doing that to the opposition um, and getting out of this league, I'd probably take it. I think what, what really excites me about Flynn's appointment in relation to the question you just asked though, Joe, is the fact that he talked about changing his changing his style and the, the awareness of of needing to change his style subject to the conditions he's playing under, the circumstances he's playing under in order to win football matches. At no point did he come out with any kind of chat about polishing up players and selling them on. You know, he he talked very, very clearly about winning football matches. And that, I think, is absolutely critical. Um, I started to feel that Swindon had become this kind of season-long exit trial. and And that, for me, was why I think so many Swindon fans had started to turn their back on the club mentally and to a certain extent, physically when you were seeing the crowd starting to dwindle away. I mean, I think it was, I'm trying to remember what, what the fixture was, um, where it, I mean, there were big question marks about the kind of whether or not there were the number that was stated, I think it's seven and a half thousand, but people were saying it looks more like we've got five in here, four and a half, if you're lucky. Um, and it was looking really, really grim. And in the town end, I was looking around me. I'd never, I hadn't seen it so sparse in absolutely ages. But then you see on Saturday with this kind of messaging, with a couple of departures in key positions, you see on Saturday ten and a half thousand fans back in the ground. There was a really nice feel around the ground as well. So, but I think just going back to my point though about Flynn. The fact that he said, well, look at the way I managed Newport. The first half of the season, I could play football. The second half of the season, the pitch deteriorated. And we had to a little go a little bit route one in order to win matches or in order to stay in the league. And then the next season to go on and win matches. And, and they did very, very well at that and got to a playoff final and such like. Um, they then invested in the pitch. And he was very, very keen to point out he went on really long cup runs and enjoyed really, really prolonged spells of success in the league and in the cups by playing what he called total football you know he's got friendships in really high places friendships with Pep Guardiola friendships with Mikel Arteta you know this is a guy that obviously when he's been out and about doing his courses he's built bridges with some very 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 interesting forward-thinking footballers this is not a lower league Neanderthal thinker and again I link that back to what I said I don't just lazily draw assumptions with Richie Wellens it's the fact that attitudinally they seem to share um some common thoughts. The style of football, I get a feeling we're gonna we're gonna see a style of football that's akin to Richie Wellens football where they go a little bit more direct as Richie used to like to with a big diagonal out wide to Kane Woolery who would win ahead or win flick-ons and then town would counter or or get their press on. So I think uh, the thing as well,
1: like you've got to remember this is a gaffer that at Newport signed players in his last season such as Scott Twine, Dom Telford. Yeah, he, he signed Jake Kane on loan for Liverpool as well. Like yeah. Those aren't players that are literally going to be, you know, fighting for balls that are nine foot in the air. They're quite small, slight players that are quite technical. So it's like, you know, you've got to be able to do both, as you say, Hammers, like, you go away with Stevenage. We got absolutely bullied earlier in the season away at Stevenage because just the sheer size. But then if you're playing at home to the likes of, I don't even know, someone like a Wrexham next season who are, I would imagine going to be quite a technical football side. You need to be able to have the squad depth and the ability to change up the style of play. And that's something that, you know, Mike Flynn has has made sure to to push his point about.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just going to ask for a simple yes or no from you. Joe, is, if I was to say to you, Mike Flynn, is he going to be a raging success? What do you think? Uh, yes. I'll take that. Ellis, Mike Flynn, raging success, yes or no? Yes, and I I have got a feeling it is going to be very, very, very bright under his stewardship, so there's a clean sweep of yeses. Well, look, one one other little piece of uh, any other business tonight, massive congratulations to um, sponsored Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge athlete, Alice Bowden, who um, yesterday was announced as Swindon Town Women's Football Club um, Player of the Season for 2022-23. That, of course on top of her goal scoring exploits this season, which have been nothing short of phenomenal. Twenty six goals in twenty six appearances in all um competitions. So I
1: we're talking about Annie Colson here, not not
0: Alice Bowden, are we? Yeah, we are talking about... What, did I say Alice Bowden?
1: You you may have given Alice some, uh, some goals
0: there. Oh, sorry about that. No, sorry, I meant... I'll, I'll tell you why I said Alice Bowden, because we obviously had Alice up in the box with me. But sorry, Annie Colston, Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge, sponsored athlete. So yeah, 26 goals in 26 appearances in all competitions. Phenomenal, Annie. We're unbelievably proud of you. And I don't mind telling you that Annie Colston's going to be playing... In the All-Star match on Sunday, along with a couple of her colleagues, including the aforementioned Alice Bowden and Helena D as Butcher. So, Thomas,
1: Can you imagine a
0: world where we get a front two of Charlie Austin and Annie Coulson? Well, maybe I can imagine that world, Joe. Maybe I can imagine that world. And maybe that world's going to be going to be amongst us a little bit quicker than maybe some would have thought. But I am smacking my lips at the idea of a front pairing of a Colston and a Charlie Austin. I mean, there's not there's not gonna be many happy goalkeepers in the building if you've got those two playing alongside each other. So um anyway, we but yeah, as I say, massive congratulations to Annie. But listen, um, it's my farewell appearance as host for the St. Tom Broadbent Lounge. You've got a commentary um appearance from me on Sunday, and then I'm gonna be drawing the uh, the curtain down. On my front of shop um presence with the on Broadbent Lounge. Um, I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes just saying, look, it's been an absolute pleasure um this season. Halfway through the season, I made a, a similar decision, was asked to come back and do the back end of the season, see us through to the end of the year. Um, I've got some really interesting challenges in my uh personal life, family challenges, family things which make um the rigours of running the Satan Broadbent Lounge um not as easy as I would like. And indeed. Um, being your on-pitch host um, at the county grounds, um, I'm going to be passing those duties on to somebody else next season because there's only so much um, that content that my cup will will contain um, moving forward. But I just wanted to say this: like the last 18 months, when I when I wrote a little mission statement down just after I retired, I wrote a little mission statement down about what I wanted to do with the at Tom Broadbent Lounge, and I just said I just want to make supporting Swindon Town better for me and everyone else um, and I think I look back over the last 18 months and I see things like returning Stephen Derby's shirt to him you know giving away mascot packages and seeing the faces of little kids that we've plucked out the, of out the stands to come on the pitch and and stand literally next to their heroes while they're warming up I see the faces of people like Michael Doughty being given the opportunity through the fact that our show exists to get the trophy in his hands and then go and do a lap of honour I see a tear in Fabrizio Picaretta's eye when he was given the same opportunity and you've heard Paul Caddis tonight talking about being given the opportunity to hold both trophies and present those like what a unique thing to be able to um, have presented to the Swindon town supporters. What a brilliant opportunity. And, um, you know, we, we, I guess, always try and I will always try to be a positive disruptor. So if at any point on that journey, I've pushed people's noses um, in the wrong direction um caused upset um whatever it might be i promise you this it's always been in the spirit um of um positive disruption and um and i hope that um my presence rattling cages and making things happen in has improved the um the landscape and made maybe people a little less complacent in terms of um content opportunities in and around swindon and given people a big opportunity to think about how you go about creating opportunities for Swindon fans to listen to good quality Swindon content. Um, I can't think of a better way to sign off than to be involved in a game on Sunday where six of you fellow supporters are going to be given the opportunity of a lifetime and to go out there and play, not just play on the pitch, but to play on the pitch alongside your heroes. Um, it it, It was lovely to have an idea and have people agree it's a good idea and then have people run with it. And then to then see layers come in and be enhanced, like having people not just that, that maybe can't necessarily run around on the pitch anymore, but might like the idea of managing from the touchline and to get a green light on that, I think it's really exciting. And I'm really, really looking forward on a really selfish level to wrap things up, um, commentating alongside longtime hero, of mine, Vic Morgan, um, up in the commentary box on Sunday. So, um, It'd be lovely to see as many of you as possible for that big grand finale. Um, As I say, thank you so much for putting up with my endless waffle and verbal diarrhea the last 18 months. Um, I'm really looking forward to slipping back to standard fandom. And I will just say this, uh, Joe, Ellis and the rest of the Tom Broadbent Lounge guys have been absolutely tremendous in terms of skilling up over the last 18 months because literally... Everybody that's involved in the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge that I've managed to get involved with our brand, they're just like you lot in the stands. There's no agendas. They're just massive town fans. So get behind them, stick with them, give them your backing. And um, every now and again, they might let me on to have a little waffle from time to time. But I think um, I can't think of a better way to say, well, that is that. So- Mate, you best believe you'll be back.
1: You're under no illusions you'll be gone forever. But- no. Nah for anyone that's listening and wondering where the St. Tom Broadbent lounge is going or, you know, whether we'll be here next season, in the words of Leo DiCaprio, we're not fucking leaving.
0: We're not <laughs> fucking leaving. <laughs> well, I am fucking leaving. So... <laughs> <laughs> and i out of bed. But listen, I really look forward to seeing, like I said, see as many of you as we can. Let's all get behind Cads and little summer Caddis on Sunday. But crucially... Let's all have a really, really good time on Sunday as well. You really won't be disappointed. But like I said, I promise you, confirmed, 40 players are going to be turning up. 40 players are going to be turning up. So spread the word. They're going to be names that you're familiar with from the Premier League era, like I've mentioned before, all the way through the eras. McMahon, John Gorman, Glenn Hoddle era, Ozzy Ardiles, um, the Richie Wellens era, the um, the Cooper era, the Luke Williams era right the way through to um, the Richie Wellens era, and indeed, modern day with current playing squad, um, arguably the most high profile of the current playing squad as well, all turning out for this incredible cause. But just come and enjoy yourselves. Let's let's put some smiles on faces, and let's, um, let, let's really have a good time before the summer uh, before the summer d- uh, draws in on all of us and we start jumping on easy jet flights and going to get in the sand between our toes. So we are the St. Tom Lounge, independent Swindon town. Twitter space and our views do not represent those of Swindon Town Football Club um, or indeed Sir Tom Broadbent himself who interestingly sends you all of his love take good care of yourself guys, come on you Reds I'll see you Sunday at the County Ground